back to the Beers and Tears podcast. Week 13. Horns back from Morgantown, unfortunately. <laughs> However, there's been a few uh, bumps in the road that we'll get into. But first, as always, uh, Beer of the Week, John. We have... Whoa! Who's that? Why, John Edkins Sr., of course. Oh, my gosh. And I'm about to open a... Ooh. Well done. Uh, this is from Atlantic Brewing, and it's called... No, no, uh, Athletic Brewing. I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, on the East Coast. That's why I was thinking about <laughs> The Athletic Brewing Company, and it's called Upside Dawn. Uh, Upside Dawn is uh, beer without the benefit of, of any alcohol. Uh, yes, we are going there. This season is calling for its first <laughs> non-alcoholic beer. That's how upside down this season is. Uh, it's it's really a refreshing, clean, balanced, <laughs> light-bodied, aromas subtle with floral and earthy notes, brewed with premium Vienna malt, uh, along with a combo of English and traditional American hops. Great. Let's see how it tastes. So in all seriousness, I'm actually drinking the IPA uh, version from Athletic Brewing. It does tastes that have pretty, alcohol? It's pretty, yeah, it does not have alcohol. It is actually, it actually tastes really good. So uh, it's like cheers. a carbonate, it tastes like a kombucha, like a it's carbonated like a soft, juice. Yeah, it's like a soft drink that says it's a beer. Uh, they call that a wheat soda. Yeah, <laughs> I may not be able to drive home after this, so I may have to stay at my parents' house tonight. Well, there's two voices you're probably not too familiar. Well, at this point, if you're still listening to this podcast, you're very familiar with these two voices. But we've decided to do dads and steers this week. Um, we've had nothing but absolute torture in terms of football the past, shit, six weeks. So we've now gone over 50 days without a Texas Longhorn victory in football. So we need to change things up. Thanksgiving weekend. Tuesday night recording, a little bit different. So we figured we'd have the dads on. I'm, I'm glad we made it about two and a half minutes without Stuart cussing. So that's a that's a new low. Yeah, but we've gone about five minutes without mentioning Webb for the first time. So Is this why you get that little E no. that comes up on Is it your, actually E? Yeah, it comes up E on your little thing. <laughs> 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 Uh, is, it, is it soon enough to <laughs> start talking Steve, about yeah, the can ghost we talk of Steve Jobs job? doesn't like your little E Hell, so, so I guess let's uh, we're going to start with the, the game from, from Morgantown um, I guess Stuart and I watched it together um, Matt where were you watching the game from I was actually on my couch in Fort Worth watching it it's just for the humor factor i guess at this point yep. but um just by chance they might pull something out but of course not and and in the meantime i was cooking a, a beef shank so it was all oh. good we were smoking what, pork ribs what we saturday uh dad where were you watching the game you know i uh, was watching it on my cell phone because i was at work uh, getting ready for a closing <laughs> oh man uh, and looking back on it i think i made the right decision i think yeah. you did john and i have honestly lasted maybe a quarter of uninterrupted you know we're gonna sit down and watch this entire thing before various people slash activities got in our way so from my limited viewing, I saw an offense that 
didn't really feel like being there in terms of playmaking ability. The drop catch by Marcus Washington, <laughs> the basically on the third running back. Keelan Robinson actually had a good game. I thought the O-line played well. Casey Thompson was 4-14, and that's after coming in and out with Card getting hurt, twitched his ankle. Some people thought Card looked okay. I didn't I didn't think that. No. But he finally had that long deep ball. I don't know, John, did you see anything jumping out of you in the offense? No, I was a little more distracted and entertained by smoking the ribs on Saturday than watching our football team, honestly. Uh, I I just don't get why our receivers could not catch the ball in the first quarter. Was it, there was one that was to Xavier, another one that was to Washington, and I want to say a third one was to – uh, Brewer, but it may have been a bad pass. But it just, it's like the simple plays we can't make. And I think Sark made many mentions of that in his, uh, his press conference that just not being able to convert on third down in the first quarter kind of set the tone for the offense the rest of the way. And it's just finally just, I don't even, it doesn't even frustrate me anymore. It's just kind of like disappointing. Yeah, I agree. Old men, did y'all say anything worthwhile? Uh, no, it's painful to watch. You know, I, we'll get into it later, I'm assuming, of whys and what's yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yep. But, um, yeah, it's just been painful to watch, to be totally honest. Yeah, Matt, what would you compare it to in the past, I wonder? You know. Before I, the millennium turned. I This is probably the worst I've ever seen, frankly. <clears throat> wow. Um, you might have to go back to the 1920s. Yeah, you know, wasn't around there then. But but it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Makovic days, a little bit. Yeah, that's. I was thinking about that too, where the team, uh, oh, I don't know, we didn't mutiny against him. That was in Arizona or Arizona State where he actually had a team mutiny against him. Yeah. <clears throat> but I could see the, the signs of it. He was not a particular – well, let's put it this way. He was not Mac Brown in terms of his approach to dealing with people. Exactly. I, You know, it kind of reminds me of those days, but it's just such a different world now that it's – you know, college football is just such a different game these days. and Just the whole atmosphere and the media and all that is so different in that, you know, Sarkeesian, his first year, I'll give him a little bit of a pass, maybe more than a little bit of a pass. Um, you know, if this has been his – if this had been – well, hell, if this has been Herman, forget it, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that – I think that with Sarkeesian his first year, I'm not making any excuses for him, but – you know, he didn't come till January. This is he didn't really have any recruits other than thank God for Xavier Worthy. I don't know how yeah. he found that guy. Um, and so in all the talk about, you know, I think which I think is true. If you go back and look at those recruiting classes of the last four years, you know, hell half of them aren't even there anymore. We can get into that, and I don't know why that is, but whatever. Um, it kind of reminds me of Makovic, just the lackadaisical tone. But then again, I offset it because it's Sarkeesian in his first year, and he just 
has no idea yet. And uh, not, not to say that he's not a good coach. He just doesn't know the deal yet. And so that's my thought anyway. Mr. Atkins, do you have a year to relate it to? No, I've, I've the read. year the year was 1922. <laughs> <laughs> World War One had just ended. <laughs> the Great War just begun. No, <laughs> I would, Bob Cousy go for the Celtics. <laughs> I, I would very proudly say that I've, I've I don't think I've ever seen a season like this. I could I do remember uh, the game we lost to Rice. I think it was in 1964 or five. When, of course, 63, we'd been national champions. And then we played Rice at DKR and they beat us. Huh. And But that was that was just one game. This this is a longer term deal. This is more of a, oh, my gosh, every weekend, how bad can it be? The second second half has always uh, you know, been a problem this season. That, you know, and now they just don't seem to care. Uh, so that's. I, I, honestly, I don't. I don't think it's been any time in my lifetime that there's been anything right on point. So on this, have we? As anyone, Gone, quick or before you? we go, your so your dad was right. It was in '65. So that year, you lose. You win four games in a row to to kind of let you know history isn't doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And that year in '65, Texas starts. 4-0, and that's wins over uh, no ranked teams at the moment, but obviously wins over Tech and OU. Your fifth game of the season is Arkansas, who's ranked three at the time. You lose – it's at Arkansas. You lose 24-27. to Arkansas goes undefeated until the last game of the season against LSU in the Cotton Bowl to lose the national championship. Guess what happened after we lost that Arkansas game? We lost two straight to Rice, as your dad mentioned, then to SMU, you beat Baylor, lose to TCU, and somehow beat AM. What I'm getting at is there's something to losing that big game early on where there's the 18-, 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid comes out and goes, man, I'm just emotionally deflated. How much of that is, like, you know, still the same and still rings true? Sorry, we were taking notes over here. You got distracted. What was the question? <laughs> The question was I thought it was a good answer though. Yeah. Well done. Yes. Yeah, I guess I might have answered my own question, but I'm what I'm oh. saying is that there's similarities and losing a big game, big game early on, that close, and then trying to still get up for subsequent big games when you're still playing good opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Stuart, this here's an idea to, to think about. Don't don't go don't go there yet. No, I've i got my own ideas. Okay. Thank right. you. <laughs> Hey, Stuart, I, are there any other teams that this reminds you of? Not UT, not Longhorn uh, teams, but any other schools where this, this seems to have happened? Uh, and what lessons can we learn from them, if, if there are any? That's a good question. Man, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. I'm I sure there is. Well, I don't know if there is or not, but. Remember when USC lost to Stanford? Didn't they end up going up? Yeah, there's game? some USC teams that just absolutely fluttered in the past 10, 15 years. I feel like there's like an Arkansas team that did that. Uh, might have been a Michigan was, team. Yeah, Mich well, Michigan when they lost yeah. to uh, – No, you're right. Michigan was uh, terrible. Michigan when they lost to uh, App State in 07. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, didn't – I think that Arkansas team that had Darren McFadden – 
I think they lost like three straight in the middle stretch of the season too, and just absolutely, you know, kind of blew it open, like, you know, terrible for the amount of talent, quote unquote, that they had. Well, okay. So here's along those lines. I mean, other teams that have other schools that have fallen apart. I mean, Florida state, okay. Uh, Whatever happened to those guys, Miami, um, who else? Uh, USC, obviously. UCLA. How about uh, uh, how about our friends on the Brazos? And I don't yeah, mean Baylor. Exactly, Baylor. Um, no, not Baylor. I'm th- I'm talking about the other part of the Brazos. Oh, Aggie. <laughs> yeah, the Aggies fell apart there for a while. No, I'm talking about in the past. They're they're fine now. No, I know. But yeah, in, right. in the past, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. And what can I mean, we what I mean, can we learn from? You know, it? And then you talk about like who were never good until now, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, You know, Tech was good there for a while, maybe a year or two. But anyway, um, yeah, but your original question, I don't don't know somebody who got up, was up 28 to 10 at halftime against the number eight team in the country and blow it ever since then i don't know this might be a meltdown of all time i don't know seriously it's it's so i just had to google it because i remember a few weeks ago when i jokingly thought what if we lose out i couldn't find any information about what our longest losing streak is i guess eight is the is the longest of all time in texas football history is what i'm reading right here eight losses in a row yes sorry uh eight was in 1956 um of which that eight was ironically started by a loss to West Virginia. Hmm. Um, only three previous seasons have a longer loss. Five, 1938, 1956, 1936. Huh. Interesting. Uh, so obviously, you know, we most likely lose this weekend and the streak goes to seven and ideally we beat UL Monroe. But I, I mean, I to what you just said a second ago, Mr. McLaughlin, is that how, how do you go from – being up and absolutely dominating a top 10 team, well, probably not a top 10 team anymore, but in OU to absolutely just forgetting how to play and put the actual like, various components of a football team together. I, Stuart and I have gone back and forth on, oh, you know, is it the coaching staff? Is it players' commitment due to transfer portal making it easier for these kids to quit now? It's just, it's almost like it's just always magnified in Austin and it's just, never we can never get over the the hump so i, I think it i mean i don't know it's yeah frustrating. I, you know I, I don't know either i guess nobody knows that's the 64 million dollar question but yep my my personal opinion is that it's it's not the coaching staff i think those guys are probably pretty good coaches all right like they know what they're doing they They've been places before. I think, you know, it's obviously you put it back on the players. Okay. But even putting it back on the players is kind of a uh, difficult thing to assign. I think, I think, yeah, you don't have leadership and the leadership that is there may be a little questionable. And it becomes you just a player leadership. Yeah, player leadership is just probably not good. And um, 
there's no one really in charge of the locker room. I get it. You know, it's just a, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of like they're all kind of uh, mercenaries in there or something and it doesn't work out for them. They figure out they're not going to the NFL and it's, they check out. I don't know. Let's go forward like just a year before we go way back. Listed for uh, the senior, like, you know, uh, the senior day, whatever, you know, list of this year's graduating. DeMarvion and Deshaun were not on that. Uh, Tavondre and Dicker, and I'm trying to think of any other guys that might have been, you know, hesitant or are on that. So, let's just pencil them as in. But you get – the Marvion and or Deshaun or both back. This defense looks a little bit better. Hopefully get some better play out of the other linebacker. New safeties across the board, probably. And hopefully your D-line with some young guys looks a little bit better. Is Are we saying the same things next year in that it's all player or are we saying it's more scheme? I mean, if you have the same struggles defensively next year that we're seeing this year, it's 100% scheme because, I mean, they're only getting older uh, and more experienced. I mean, I, I guess we're focused on defense here, but I think also that Anthony Cook is going to come back next year. Yeah. Right? No, he was one of the others. Yep. Okay. So that's that's good. I mean, it's more depth. Um, and then you fill in the rest of your <laughs> team with just transfers. But I think what we just completely forget to – to notice or I guess talk about is like how much, even though Sam made a lot of mistakes uh, on the field, that guy was such a leader and presence on the team. Like I think he willed us to so many games. We probably would not have won without him. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and that just goes to show like, very intense. Yeah. it just goes to show like you got to have that character at the quarterback position that everyone wants to follow and, and wants to get better with. If not, like if you have that quarterback battle, like we've had all year and uncertainty, it just spills to the rest of the team and almost to the rest of the fan base about uncertainty and questioning and then freaking Twitter and all these other fan orange, orange bloods, you name it, starts questioning constantly. And it almost just creates to that toxic uh, cesspool that we all have uh, heard from Kirk Herbstreet. But uh, is a cesspool? I agree, I agree with all that, but I will say, I think Xavier Worthy is one of those guys that could come out and be that type of leader he already uh, – and speaking of Twitter, too, he already has Bo Davis as his uh, profile picture on Twitter. That's awesome. <laughs> he also he also tweeted out after the game um, on Sunday, as a – there's some gr- grammatical errors in here, so we're just going to gloss over that. But uh, as a recruit asked to speak to players, that's on the team. They are the ones that's fixing to give it to you real every time. I helped you out there, Xavier, but – it's a little stuff like that that, you know, maybe he kind of sees that nobody else, A, is as good as he is, or B, gives a shit, and he could kind of take over that that offense. I mean, it's not one of the quarterbacks after this last week's play or this past season's play. So, so talk about recruiting. That's, yeah. There's, it's not crazy that Texas actually has a good recruiting class this season, which is nuts, but – you could still get a couple good O-linemen that Devin Campbell's a beast. Kelvin Banks is now the picture. Um, Evan Stewart, receiver out of Frisco, is very, very good. Malik Murphy, quarterback, is 
solid five star. He's out of California, so he hasn't that, played that much a, due to COVID. That's a project, though. I don't. I it's not. definitely a project, but I mean, it's you're still it's still a five star QB recruit. Like now, the real question is, do you get Arch or not? Because it's looking like Arch is going to be made up by about this summer. So can you get? Boy, he's twenty twenty two. Yeah. He's, he's 23. 23. 23. Well, All right, let, let me ask let me ask a dumb question. I, I swear I don't I don't quite I don't follow recruiting like you guys do, but good for you. Yeah. But we don't really I saw right. that I watched the Sarkeesian uh press conference and he said we could have 33 new players yeah. next year. So wow. I don't I don't know. Is it you can only sign 25 freshmen a year? Is that right? You only get 25 scholarships for the freshman, like class of 22. High school class of 22, you only get 25 scholarships. You can, every school in, in college football can only sign 25 to freshmen from high school. From high school. Yeah. Well, it's something. Okay. Like well, that, yeah. Texas will obviously sign 25. Mm. I bet they will. Right? That's, no, that's not a guarantee. Well, okay. Well, okay. Close I mean, you can, yeah, you can, but like, do you want like everyone from All Saints complain for you or just every, like, no, no, I'm saying you know. though, you could get 25. I, it's going to, it's, this is a, this is a project. It's going to take years, frankly, but you got to start with this year, which is December 15th, right? Yes. That's the first yes. date they yes. can do that. Yes. Right. So you would want, obviously, December 15th is going to be illustrative is my guess. Okay. Right. It's going to be like, I was down for the Oklahoma state game. I don't know if y'all were there or not. I unfortunately was there and got sunburned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was hot, but I remember we were, we were walking around after the game. I, I mean, clearly recruits, we walked through a whole mess of them and they were, you know, all like, you know, all happy and, uh, you know, you know, frankly, good looking kids. And they were all kind of laughing and we were all like, you know, you realize they just got beat. They didn't seem to care. And right. I was like, okay, those guys are watching the game going, you know what, if we come here, we're going to start next year. So if you're an O-lineman, <laughs> if you're an O-lineman safety and O lineman safety, and we'll just throw D lineman. Anything, especially edge. Like you have to be thinking, I if I'm as good as I think I am, I can I can play next year. Maybe not start, but I can play. So obviously, on the surface level, in terms of recruiting, it's like what kid comes to Texas right now? How much do you think the NIL and all the okay, uh, yeah, yeah, all that stuff benefits? I was going to bring that up. That's there's already been some hints, and I've heard from some you know, sites and as well as some, from some non-site, some serious inside info that I believe that there are some NIL deals that Texas players have right now that they have not gone public with because of how shitty they played this year. And they're just kind of waiting until recruiting, until the actual play on the field dies down and when recruiting ramps up to announce that, hey, X player got a $500,000 deal from covert Chevrolet. Look, this can be you. And it's already looking like there's some close to 
as close to above the table bidding wars as possible with some recruits right now. And so, yeah, it's, it's obviously going to have huge impact too. And you also have to think 33 players. Okay. You go back to the math 25. Okay. That leaves eight guys transfers. If you're a transfer, like a decent transfer at a no name Juco or a smaller school that maybe doesn't have the NIL program. And if you get a $10,000 deals with freaking pluckers, like that's, that's $10,000 extra dollars. That's nothing to like, in the scheme of things, but it's something to a player like that. So yes, definitely gonna have an impact. I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is, that is the exposure that these kids get in Austin greater than, I mean, a Auburn and Alabama, a, I mean, Georgia, I'm just trying to think how Austin compares to other top programs and their towns and what opportunities yeah. that Austin provides versus others. That's tough. I mean, I think there's, has to be a little bit from just city perspective and just pure GDP numbers. There's a better argument made for an Austin versus an Athens or a Tuscaloosa or, um, you know, a, a Ole Miss, wherever, you know, Auburn. I mean, Baton Rouge to an extent. Yes, there's obviously more money there, quote unquote. Now, the product, the football product is not nearly as good. Um, but there's got to be more opportunities from, yeah, companies, donors, Elon Musk, Elon. <laughs> Elon's going to sponsor some kid to be number like 69 <laughs> and like pay him $420,000 or something <laughs> and pay him in Dogecoin or some shit. But who cares? Like, uh, in addition to NIL, NIL, I would think the, that hypothetical recruit would be thinking about what you know what kind of uh alumni network am i uh fitting yeah, in for that. jobs if you if you don't get to uh play much football or good uh if, if things don't go well for you are you is there a safety net to help you get a job so uh, here's where here's where big john I and i he is working just, on that i i big john the, you and i yeah. Old guys, I totally agree with that. But you know, this is the you know, younger you know, this is the, but, but 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 you got to understand, you like, gotta understand, like, okay, you're echoing. Okay, Why am I echoing? No, it's their fault. Okay, but so we're echoing. It must be the beer. You're good. But I think. Yeah, this whole, I, I think I kind of said this earlier, this whole NIL and the world of college football is a different ball game now. But, and you young guys laugh at this, but at a place like UT, it makes a big difference on legacy, okay? I mean, just look at, just look at Ricky and Vince. I mean, just... You, you can go through so many of those guys and it's like people remember them and those guys, it makes it for their life. That is their life. I mean, I could, I could name 15 guys right off the top of my head, right? Everybody still remembers. And yeah, the whole, the whole NIL world kind of changes that, but I, I, First off, I question kind of the NIL world a little bit. I think we we just came through the first 
year of it. Um, my guess is, you know, um, next year, the XYZ car dealer is going to go, wait a second, you know, I can think of better ways to spend my marketing money than on some kid who ended up, you know, possibly being an issue or whatever. But the, 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 uh, the, you know, we remember the Vinces, we remember the Rickies, you remember the, you know, Huffs, you remember those, you know, Derek Johnsons, everybody well, remembers. work at Longhorn Network. But. Well, okay, everybody remembers those guys, <laughs> though. But I think that, I think that that will be important again, at least this is the old man coming out in me. I think that'll be important again. And, you know, people will, you know, respect those guys in Austin. And I think that the recruits who really get that, I think they, I think they understand that. I'm not saying UT is unique in that regard. It happens at every good program, Alabama, I mean, Georgia, even Oklahoma, whatever. People remember that. But I think yeah. that NIL thing kind of, it'll be a kind of a, my guess is, I'm totally making this up, but I think that kind of bloom comes off that rose a little bit. And, and it's more about, okay, yeah, I want to leave a legacy. And you want those kind of kids. And Yeah, you, you, you make a good point of like not to bash on the school. That's right right down the uh, road from your your home. But please, so you're, you, please go ahead. Bash please. away. <laughs> uh, you know, like LT, Andy Dalton, I'm stuck after that. John Woldridge, I literally can't name like – other Nate Carter and then it stops yeah and, and, and so you you guys obviously know because y'all are in Fort Worth and know all the names and hear it reading the newspaper and whatnot but me being outside I can't like honestly I don't remember remember um like a lot of the famous names from TCU whereas Texas like I guarantee you all the kids in the state of Texas or anyone our age can even if they're UT Ole Miss Oklahoma they all know those those big names. So there is an exposure that these kids get that still has a value. But my biggest concern is that I think college athletics as a whole have uh, caught up to the university a little bit. I think the, the, the field is a little bit more even than it used to be. We used to have all these advantages and uh, I guess props have made Texas a lot better. But I just I hope that the SEC move uh, creates that that difference again here in this state yeah. um, that that we lost, so. You would like to think so, but I, I, I don't disagree that the, there's a legacy with certain UT players, but how many people, I mean, Deontay Foreman's the starting running back for the Titans right now, and how many people do you think yeah, know that. that he went to Texas? Like, yeah, I saw that the other day. I, for, I forgot he was even playing football anymore. Exactly, like, it makes a difference when you're on a winning team. Now on the flip side, Quandre Diggs wasn't on that many great UT football teams but he's kind of made himself a name in the NFL and I feel like a lot more people know who he is and there's certain aspects like the DBU like Deshaun Elliott kind of falls under that category but I mean I'm biased everyone's heard that and I think my dad would agree name the last UT O-lineman come out in the past 10 years who's made a damn in the NFL I mean Cosby's playing pretty well Williams just got benched so 
And Williams was really good. And Williams was probably the best yeah. lineman we've had they'd had in 10 years. So, so on yeah. offensive linemen, I actually heard something today at the office from a big UT guy. Um, and it's a complete conspiracy and probably just trying to keep everyone excited is that the reason why there were so many offensive linemen, um, and this is intentional to try to pivot into the next point of the, this conversation, but the reason why there were so many offensive linemen and big recruits, I guess big is in quotations, at the Kansas game um, was because there's knowledge behind the curtain that Quinn is actually coming back to Texas after this year, uh, whether that is hopeful or not. But there's a lot of recruits that are still out there that we can snag um, for this class coming up. But I think it's, y'all think there is some substance behind that with Quinn Ewers coming back to Texas next year? I, I don't hate it. Let's let's just do a quick – this will kind of answer it. Everybody go around. All right, starting with Atkins is starting quarterback, ULM, is the quarterback – is that quarterback on the roster right now, yes or no? I surely hope not. <laughs> but I suspect so, yes. Ooh. I don't know. I'll go no. He's going yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a weak yes. I'm going to say no. I'm gonna say no too. So yeah, I, I I don't think yours coming is that crazy. It's that Malik kid from. Uh, well, he's the he's the high school kid, but I mean, have you, I thought he's coming in the fall. Who? Well, he's starting in January. Malik Murphy. Yeah, I think he. I, my guess it'll be him. Wow, Ooh, that's bold. But yeah, I mean, the next Vince Young, you say? No, yeah. we said that about Tyrone. No, no, I I just think I I just think. He does fit Sark's offense, the sit-back, big that's, arm. That's what like, I'm saying. Just kind Sark, of point guard. I think Sarkeesian's – that's just kind of his guy, and that's that'll be my guess. I, I don't hate it, but I think that Ewers would be a much better fit. And I think Ewers yeah. knows that too. So, I don't yeah. know if I really want him. What? I don't know if – I mean, I don't know if I really want him, though. Yeah, he kind of seems like a big old – I'll say it, big old pussy, but like – I, I don't know. Like, you went there. I'll I'll take him right now. I haven't heard the whole Quinn Ewers thing, but okay. He seems right. just like kind of he he signed like a big million dollar nil deal. He thought he was. That's what I. That's why I go with this Malik kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I, I don't hate it. But there's a part of me that has to think that Ewers was just completely gaming the system. Some big Ohio State alum says, "I'll pay you a million dollars if you sign here." A and B, forego your senior season, and then the check clears, and he goes, all right, now let's actually play some football. Yeah. I, I, that's the optimist in you and that, and more society. Well, the other thing football, I would say but, is, and, and I'm on my third margarita, but <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I would say is – Salt or no salt? Uh, Taheen. Taheen. But uh, forget the uh, skill guys. Look at the linemen, okay? Right. That's where you got to look. The skill guys are kind of dime a dozen. You need good line play. That's where you really have to look. And that's what I'm looking forward to see what he does with recruits this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's possible, too. That, that so, yeah. Banks and Devin Campbell and that Agbo, those are all three very, very good linemen that we have a chance with. I also heard Dewberry was kind of a lean now, but Dewberry, not, all of those guys that that are kind of either committed or um, possible flips are are very much in the picture from Texas. 
from what it seems like. So that's big. We, um, what do you got? Do we think any other or any of the coaches on the staff right now will not be on the team next year? Is it Gideon? Is it Kwiatkowski? What? If I had to rank, I would say Coleman, Gideon, and Choate as most likely to leave. Coleman because that Rashad Samples, the SMU receiver who left Texas to join Dykes because we didn't really have a spot for him, which looks really stupid. Um, he could maybe be coming back, which would be awesome. He's a very good receiver. Uh, Gideon, I mean, the DBs have played terrible. There's been reports. I mean, it's one thing when you hire the DB coach before you hire the defensive coordinator, and then the DBs yeah. suck. Like, that that just seems like an obvious firing, right? Uh, and then Choate, linebacker play has obviously been terrible. And I also saw there's rumors that he might be a candidate for some, uh, like, smaller school head coaching jobs, which is crazy, but sure. So there's, there's no way a certain coach from down the street from y'all's house no. is talking to CDC? Okay. If, if anything, it's an analyst role. And it, really? If he, if he did it, it would be purely out of spite. No questions asked. <laughs> Just to come out of Austin to piss off Fort Worth? To piss off the team that TCU thinks is their biggest rival. 1,000%. Do you not think? Yeah, probably. Right. You I know mean, him? I mean, you don't know him, but you know enough I about him. Know him. Yeah. Not really. I mean, he's, you know, he's a uh, – he's a – I mean, Gary's – I mean, he's a damn good coach. There ain't any doubt about it. He's a weirdo, and he's a – he's a – football coach no doubt if he went i could see him going as a kind of a analyst analyst role for sure um i don't know that that makes i i, I always get back to the players i mean yeah that would be great I, I think that would be you know he would probably be able to teach some kids some stuff um i guess i'm just more look there's no, I don't, I don't think the coaching staff is that bad. Frankly, I think they're I probably either. pretty good. You know, yeah. they're probably good enough. They can probably figure something out. This is not like strong where we saw Sean Watson. We're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I think and then Herman, when we saw, uh, what, what's his name? Orlando, just like crazy all over the place. Like it is not that. I think you, I think that's the problem frankly, with UT, I mean, it's probably not like every other big program, but the first, the first reaction is to fire the coach. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, look, I think these guys, these coaches, that's what they do. They're a little different and that's what they do. And you cannot, you got to give him a, a few years anyway, like, you know, he probably knows what he's doing. Okay. Unless there's just like an obvious moral turpitude clause or something no. that's wrong. Okay. You kind of got to give the guy a little time. Okay. And Agreed. Yeah, maybe, no maybe with Herman, there were some issues. I have no idea. Well, I'm not on the inside. I don't, I do not know. I've heard, Rumors, maybe there was, probably was. Okay. But it's kind of like give the guy a little room, let him hang himself or make a great program. And agreed. That's the problem. 
And it's always, it's kind of been like that. It's even more focused on that over the last few years in college football. I mean, look at Harbaugh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Harbaugh's the, Harbaugh's the poster and child for this. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So give them a little break. They can probably figure it out unless there's something really bad. You keep them around. That's my guess. I mean, look at Penn state. They just signed what's his face to 10 more years. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, Franklin, I, I think he's got some stink on him in terms of recruiting as well as just maybe he's gotten a few lucky with some big games. But, yeah. I don't uh, know. How long has he been there? Since At least five years. Oh, no. Since 13? No. Yeah. How long? He, no. He was at Vanderbilt. He, he left Vanderbilt after the 13th season because that was Max last freshman. Well, he left after Max freshman. At some point – at some point, we literally cannot afford to keep firing coaching steps and, and, and <laughs> building. All, oil. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's hit the time machine a little bit. Mr. Atkins, why don't you walk us through what it was like as a student at UT, what y'all's program was like and like those years? Well, I'll tell you, it was a completely different world. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the stadium was open 24 hours a day. I used to go jogging in there. Uh, if I couldn't sleep, I'd go jog at like oh, you know, early hours or late hours. Uh, it was, it, this is so different. Uh, this world is so different in terms of so many things, but you know, Daryl Royal was the coach uh, and you know, we thought he'd be coach forever. And it turned out uh, he surprised us. And, what was it 1978? Uh, and then Acres came in, completely different personality. <clears throat> he lasted four years or so. I, uh, I know a certain Heisman Trophy winner from those years uh, who is a friend of mine says that Acres was his favorite coach ever, that he, he really treated him uh, very favorably. And uh, I'm talking uh, someone from Tyler, if you haven't figured out who it is. Yeah, Earl. <laughs> now, Acres uh, kind of had like an all shucks, like good old boy type personality, correct? A little bit, a little uh, uh, touchy feely, uh, <laughs> sensitive. Yeah. Uh, let's let's be sure everybody's having a good time. Uh, let's win, but and it just it didn't work uh, very long. Uh, nice guy though, real nice guy. Uh, just a completely different feel though. I, I think that perhaps the competition, uh, we had our act together and a lot of the other schools did not. It was the impression that I had. Of course, I, I was uh, more interested in <laughs> what was happening after the football game than I was particularly during the game. I, it was only until uh, a certain uh, son sitting next to me here at the microphone that came along that I decided that perhaps I should really pay more attention to all of the, all the discussions that you, you hear about football, uh, about UT football. So what he's saying is me coming into this world made UT football great. Absolutely. I don't think uh, for a while you did wait really well, John. Yeah. Vince, Vince did nothing. It was all, it was all me. Okay. <laughs> On the flip uh, side. Matt, over to you. What yeah, ten years later? Uh, a few years after me. Uh, what years? Was, well, yeah. What years was, was there? Was that, Mister Atkins? 
years. I'm sorry. What year? No, years? I was there from 1970, the year of the uh, the uh, another uh, national championship, sort of, uh, to 1977. Yeah. Oh, because you got the double tap of the law school. I forget about that. So yeah, you did have a few. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it so much. I decided to stay there for a while. But most of all, get your horns up. Exactly. On the flip side, so you have the in you have acres all of your years. Yeah. Yeah. Big Fred. Uh, and never won a bowl game. Oof. And uh, there's kind of a kind of a well, sad you, sad okay. story. Uh, uh, one of my pledge brothers was Danny Acres. Yeah. And unfortunately, both of both Danny and Fred have passed. Wow. Uh, Danny's a great guy. And I met Fred a couple of times. Super nice guy. Just like you said, John. Good guy. You know, uh, just very, you know, he Arkansas dude, very humble. Um, one of my one of my favorite stories they used to have a uh can i go ahead and tell reminisce a little bit yes so they used to have a uh just keep drinking by the way we need another drink but um <laughs> they they had a uh refill back in the uh, back in the uh texas union on fridays before a game they would have lunch with the coach and you could buy $2.50 lunch at the union and go in there and it would be Fred and he'd roll tape up there with, you know, the clicker walking through the game and anybody could go. And, huh. uh, and, uh, so one time it was, pre OU. <laughs> this is this is like 1984, something like that. And uh so Fred's rolling through the tape and uh I gotta I can't remember the guy's name. I just forgot a big wide receiver for OU uh or a tight end for OU. I cannot remember the guy's name. He's a stud. He played in the NFL. I can't remember his name. But um and Fred's up there rolling tape, you know. Danny Bradley. Uh, no, he's clicking. Spencer Tillman. Speaks. Spencer Tillman. Spencer Tillman. Yeah, and, he was uh, on, on TV down here for yeah. a while. No, yeah, he's, he's good. And I just hate to say it, but the, the uh, Fred's clicking through tape going, this Spencer Tillman, dude, he can, he can run now. You know, like he can catch a pass and run. And so – so guy in the back stands up and goes, yeah, and he can, he can do that with a television under each arm. <laughs> and, and Fred kind of looks at him. Everybody kind of looks at him like, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, I guess. Okay. Yeah. We'll go on there. And, that was some sort of find out in the back, right? Some yeah. random dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was but that was but fred was he was a great guy i mean he just like 
He was. Asked right over he, that. He's like, okay, I don't know who this idiot is, but whatever. <laughs> we're just we're just rolling here. <laughs> I don't I don't think we can say the same about Stuart and I going to watch film with Charlie Strong. That, that oh. uh, we must have missed that class. <laughs> Okay, now well, following uh, following Acres was they reached up to uh, where was uh, McWilliams? McWilliams State, or where, no? Yeah, he was in Wyoming. Was no, he, he was or, in Tag. Was he? Okay, that's right. And he, yeah. oh yeah, he. Uh, I think he beat OU every year he was in in. Uh, in I the, met him the, one. Okay, so here's another fun fact. So, um, so McWilliams. Uh, Another great guy, super nice guy, and absolutely. And uh, I was—I just moved to Fort Worth. It's probably ninety, ninety-one, something like that. And McWilliams had had been the coach. He was—he was been the coach for a couple of years. And uh, Mike Waltrip mm -hmm. and I were on the. UT Texas Texas, 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 yeah. And we had they uh, we got a call, or Mike got a call from Texas Texas and said, "Hey, Coach McWilliams is going to be in Fort Worth, um, uh, you know, recruiting or whatever. Could y'all take him to dinner?" We're like, "Is that a trick question?" Yeah, sure, we'll take <laughs> him to dinner. And so we met him at this restaurant in Fort Worth. And he walks in, Mike and I are standing there and he walks in, I mean, just, you know, regular guy off the street, <laughs> look, walks in, he goes, he goes, are y'all, uh, Mike and Matt with, uh, Texas exit or like, we're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we know who you are, but you don't know who we are. And he's like, Oh man, I'm so glad, you know, like, a, can, can we just sit down and like have a drink? And I was like, yeah, no, we never drink. We never have dinner. And he's like, Oh, you don't know how good this is. So anyway, he's very nice. He's like, I'm just glad to kind of get out of the, you know, rigmarole of recruiting and whatnot. And we sit down and this is so funny because we're sitting there and all of a sudden this guy walks up and goes, Hey, uh, coach McWilliams. And he kind of, he kind of looked around. He's like, "Oh, who's that?" Turns out it was his one of his ex coaches who now coached for TCU was there having dinner at the same night, and he was like, "Oh gosh, I gotta you know like talk to this guy and da da da." And he comes back and sit. He comes back after he talks to his buddy and whatnot. He comes back, sits down with Mike and I. He's like. Oh my God! Can I like? I can't go anywhere. People don't know who I am, especially in Fort Worth. Then I mean, <laughs> yeah. TCU's and nobody like. It was. This, yeah. It was really funny. He was very. Uh, he was very down home and like he didn't want the, you know, he didn't want to be around the limelight or anything like that. That's one thing I always liked about him. He was a very nice guy. All right, just walking straight through it, but and then I'm assuming. From the y'all standpoint, you're okay with Acres because he has a few good years. McWilliams has one solid year, and then gets fired going yeah, five and one. six. And then you go to Makovic, which is just kind of a train wreck. Are people just at this point so upset or mad or what are they, Mister Atkins? 
Yeah, I, I would have to say <laughs> uh, puzzled. Puzzled. Okay. As to why why they why they went the other end of the spectrum personality wise. Uh, Definitely the other end of the spectrum. Is yeah. Just yeah. An ass. Real cold. I just, I, I'm, I'm seeing some sort of a trend, but it's just basically following up a legend and trying to recreate that with different coaches is obviously difficult. And we're now seeing it, but I guess gassing it back up to the front, we are confident, I guess, in Sarkeesian across the four of us for now. Yes. Yes. Very much so. I do like that. He's, you know, Charlie was, seemed like a good person or a decent person and a good recruiter that couldn't do X's nose worth a damn. Herman was just an asshole, but was good with X's no and could kind of recruit. So it was fine. And now we're a little bit in between all of them. So I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what Sarkeesian. Well, also, like just the university as a whole, you got a president, a stable president, a stable uh, athletic director. There's much more stability, I think, top down. It gives Sarkeesian the, I guess, security. Whereas Charlie, he had the dipshit from whatever from Arizona State. What was that AD's name? Steve Patterson, your your dad's oh, favorite. Steve Patterson, and then uh, obviously the presidents changing in and out, and then obviously we went into. The parent days where it was kind of like a, a quick decision. You kind of take the, the cute girl on the block with Tom Herman down the street, um, you know, a quick trigger there. And then uh, now we got CDC, got his guy, got a president who supports CDC. Really, I think that. Um, so from top down, there's a little bit more solid ground to stand on. So I, I think the university has to stay with Sarkeesian, give him a chance, um, let it roll and, and, Hopefully next year we actually see improvements for because we don't see trends of losing the second half like we did this year. Maybe the finance guy being the president of the university will kind of elongate his tenure regardless of how he's doing. Him just saying, hey, we can't pay for – go through this again. Finance? Finance, excuse me. Sorry, I have an MBA. Um, all right, any other <laughs> closing thoughts from the old-timers on current state of affairs? Well, I would say I'm looking forward to the SEC. Uh, I like to tease John Jr. that uh, I predicted it 10 years ago. Uh, and he told me I was crazy then. Of course, he tells me that now, too, on other things. But he, but I, I think I think I'm looking forward to the to the SEC, being in the SEC. I think it's going to be great. And uh, when do you think it happens? Though? Who knows? Uh, I'd like to think sooner, but I, I don't know. I think that's, uh, that's probably well above my pay grade to use that trite saying. Uh, but I, I, I know it'll be at the very latest 2025. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning of the season. So, uh, 24 would be our last season. I, I, I've got my fingers crossed. Maybe something can be done on that, but uh, that's the that's a good place for us to be. I think, <clears throat> though, I, I'm not sure what the what the nature of a pod is. I need to read up on that in case yeah. in case we come along quicker than than 2025. <laughs> but I'd I'd like to know who are who's in our pod and what does that mean. Yeah. So uh, I'm it's sure we'll have time to figure that out. 
if it's even a pod, it could be just a division. Division, you know, who knows? But if yeah. it if it does go to pods, there's gonna be so many like politicals or fault. I mean, senators and weird people trying to get involved <laughs> with trying to get their schools in certain pods. It's gonna be disgusting. Stupid. Anything? Current state of yeah, affairs. You know, I gotta be honest, Big John. I didn't think the SEC thing would happen. I really didn't. But I'm glad that it has. Um, you know, these, let's be honest, these kids that want to play football for UT, they want to go to the NFL and there's probably not a bigger stage than the SEC. That's the best route to go. And I think that's, you know, I get it. That's great. And so, um, first off, the first thing I would say is I'm hoping that, that's going to start December 15th. These kids start realizing that it's like, yeah, you know, I got a, I got a chance to be uh, on the big stage and, and get to the NFL. And that's frankly, that's the kid you want. Secondly, and I know big John would agree with this. I can't wait for sec baseball. Oh, that's yeah. going to be fun. <laughs> All right, that's, that's going to be some good baseball. That's like, that's like triple A stuff. And um, Texas can definitely compete in that. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. If Tim, I don't know if Tim Taylor is going to survive SEC baseball. No chance. Oh my gosh. We're, he's going to have to get a Zoloft prescription. Uh, <laughs> Last thing, and this is something my dad and I have been tenfold had on agreement for a good year or so now, and now even with Texas OU, it's just amplified that. The NCAA at some point is gone, and if only football remain is only with SEC schools, I think ESPN would still honor that contract and people would still watch it because that's all that matters, unfortunately, is eyeballs and viewership and all that. So at some point – you want to be you want to be on a wagon that can still sustain itself if its supposed governing body is dead. So being with SEC is just another added benefit. And if you had to go on your own, you could. So closing two questions on a much lighter note. What's for dinner? Because I can hear it in the background. <sighs> I've been yelling, we had fajitas. Someone needed another margarita and it wasn't me. Sorry. And then (laughs) someone else has been heating up apple pie. Ooh, don't forget the vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Webb is not here. There's no vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Okay. And second question, we got to do our predictions for this weekend. We lose. Bye. Skyler Thompson is out, but Deuce Vaughn's probably going to have at least 150 yards on us. So I say we lose like 35 to 30. Whoa, you think we put 30 points up? Yeah, their defense isn't that good. Okay, next. Me? All right. Uh, Yeah. Didn't we beat them like 65 to 10 last year? What happened? That's when they finally started running Bijan. The writing writing was on the wall for Herman. I remember watching that game and I head down. I was kind of doing some work. I remember and I looked up and I go, is that a replay or is that live? (laughs) Like, wait a second. That's live. 
Um, no, Texas has mailed it in. It's 35 yeah. to 10. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'll be slightly more optimistic and say that I think we'll be close. Uh, and uh, they win. Uh, the, they is in the uh, Kansas State. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was a that was like a Lee Corso moment there. Like, <laughs> Who you choose, pick, Coach? <laughs> <laughs> Not so fast. Uh, so we weirdly, I was looking at uh, Winsipedia. We, we've actually won four games in a row versus them, uh, including the COVID year last year where we dominated them. But I agree. I think we've mailed it in. Um, I think we could be competitive in the first half, ironically, and then we uh, we end up just kind of fading there in the second half. And I think we lose twenty eight to seventeen. What a dog shit year! Let's get it over with. Um, <laughs> all right, games of the week, rivalry week. Even though it's, I don't know, there's not there's not a ton of meat on this bone. There's a little bit. Thursday, uh, six thirty, starting it off. Ole Miss at Mississippi State in Starkville. Mississippi State minus one and a half over 62. One and a half? Yeah. Mississippi was favored. No, I know. But, I mean, I should that's be that's surprising. They should be way favored. Mississippi State? Yeah. I don't know about that. At Mississippi State? I mean, I, Mississippi State's not that good. Do you think Ole Miss has a two-loss Ole Miss? Mississippi State has lost to Alabama, LSU, and Memphis. Where is the game? In Starkville. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, After I, I, Wild and Fitz got in my ear this past week and made him seem like Corral is Jesus walking. So, <laughs> I like Ole Miss here. The only, the only thing I worry about is if uh, Joey Freshwater, Lane Kiffin, has already taken that. Joey Freshwater. You ever heard that story? No. Mr. Atkins, do you know who Joey Freshwater is? You know, I think I uh, knew him in high school. <laughs> Joey Freshwater was the fake name that Lane Kiffin was using for dating apps in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I swear my uh, Was he successful? Like, was he? Oh, never mind. For women not his age, we'll just leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> what I worry <laughs> is that Joey has left, already agreed with a Florida or a Miami to take that job. No, he I don't think so either. Ole Miss I, is gonna pay. I, no way. Are they? Yeah, they'll pay. Yeah. I, I I think he'd leave Ole to go Miss to Florida. Kind of found their guy. I think he'd leave to go to Florida. I don't think you go to Miami. I think he'd go to Florida. Uh, I think Ole Miss wins that game. They're on a roll this year. Um, yeah. I think Lane Kiffin's is is really rolling. I don't know if he leaves, but I think Ole Miss wins that. They go to the Sugar Bowl most likely. I, I agree yeah, with you on I, that one. Yeah, I'll take Ole Miss. I, I, on that. I'm on the Ole Miss team too. I, there we go. On the train, I, I think they uh, they have a lot of tradition, a lot of fan support. It's just a, uh, I think it's a good year for them. Friday, not any great games after ours, unfortunately, which is a, <laughs> kind of a bummer. But it is what it is. Saturday, big game, the game, quote unquote. Ohio State at Michigan. The line is Ohio oh, yeah. State minus eight. Really? Minus eight? Michigan, or over is at 64. In Ann Arbor, 11 a.m., big game. Joe Klatt and Gus Johnson. Okay, I'll just go with this one. I'll take Michigan and eight points. You're taking the eight? Yes. Wow. Yeah. 
It's at Michigan, right? Yeah. I'll take eight. No. After watching that offense, this is no, arguably – I'll take eight. That's a is, lot. This is arguably one of the best offenses we've seen in the past five years. I'm standing my foot I don't down. Know. No. I'm I'll, take, I'll take Michigan and eight. Atkins. Go ahead. Go blue. Ooh. Um, I, I, uh, Harbaugh has just never really figured it out versus Ohio State, and I think Ohio State has kind of got a good role going here. I think they win. Uh, I think they win by two touchdowns. Y'all are y'all are influenced by last week. I mean, that wasn't no. A game. I'm influenced by the last month. Yeah, you know, less millennials were very short sighted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Iron Bowl, Alabama at Auburn. Auburn's really falling off. Bo Nix is is might be hurt, but you never know with Auburn and their craziness. Lines Alabama's minus nineteen. Over under fifty six. Seems very low. I love the over in this. Um, I wouldn't take – I've been – I haven't hit Alabama spread this entire year, but I like I like the over um, and Alabama to win, but probably within the within the number, within the 20. I'll take the over, but I'll, if I, I'll take the over and then I'll take Alabama. I think uh, – yeah, I think Bill O'Brien was the worst decision they've ever made or Nick Saban ever made. Uh, I don't know why he took him in. Um, I lost him the A&M game, but – I agree. I think Auburn's kind of beaten up, and I think Alabama wins it, goes to Atlanta um, to try to pull off, push, pull off a huge upset. Also, yeah. Alabama got pushed to uh, to three, by the way. Just yeah. something to keep your eye on. I'm on the roll tide train. Yep. How long does Saban coach, by the way? Oh, God. That's a How good much question. longer? Good. I'm going to say good five years. I don't know. Could be. I think it's two or three. Uh, Inbred Bowl, a.k.a. Bedlam, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, in Stillwater. Oklahoma State minus four, over-unders at 50. Probably the lowest over-under in this game. Oklahoma State's minus four? Yeah. Really? Probably the lowest over-under-under in this game, and I I can't imagine when. I I like Oklahoma State in this. I I don't think – Caleb Williams is that good, and he really played his best game. Of course, it was against us, but I, I like Oklahoma State, and I, I told, I said this to John last week, and I'm sticking by it. Oklahoma State makes the playoff. Uh, wow. Oklahoma State minus four. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I think I think it, it would only. It would only be classic for for the Big Twelve to trip on itself uh, and have OU win this game. Uh, I just don't think Caleb Williams has it. I think Stewart's made it pretty clear multiple times. Oklahoma defense is pretty bad. I mean, we made them look pretty good in the second half. But uh, okay, yeah, so Oklahoma- Texas Texas is up seventeen to seven <laughs> in the second quarter, about to score a touchdown. <laughs> on Oklahoma State. I'm there watching it. I'm thinking this is a roll, and then all of a sudden it changes. Yeah. Um, gosh. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go okay, Oklahoma State minus four. I'm gonna go with OU. I'm I'm kind of leaning the same way. 
take OU and four. Who do you think's going to win OU or Oklahoma State? Mm. Uh, uh, would it be a fair answer of who cares? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I guess Oklahoma State. So if Oklahoma missing State missing chromosome bowl. Yeah, <laughs> if Oklahoma State wins this game, it's Oklahoma State Baylor contingent upon Baylor winning their game. Correct. Uh, correct. I think. Wait, is it not Baylor regardless? No, Oklahoma State is the only one that was clinched going to the Big 12 championship. I guess that's true because they eliminate OU with this in spring. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Baylor because Baylor's only or Baylor already has uh, two uh, two losses. Correct. Hmm. So um, yeah. yeah, it's obviously a big big game for Gundy. If they win this, I think you're right. They go to the playoff. But I just I see the Big 12 choking here, and and just OU goes in there and, and steals a win. I really don't hope they don't choke mostly because i hate ou but i think that oklahoma state's worthy of of getting into this playoff i again it's georgia and about 55 50 feet of shit and then everyone else but i still like it well this was uh this was much better than our last five episodes i'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) just every week just put them in what's y'all's uh prediction percentage the last five weeks uh, I don't even know if we've given predictions in the last two weeks. So. I, you know, I just try not to even like even think about the last five weeks. So yeah, I mean, it not not great. That's actually a good point. We should do that next year, though. Over the course of the year, have a little competition of who has a better prediction. Keep track of it all. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good idea. Well, we both said that we were gonna. Li- I think we both said we were gonna win eight games this year. So. We, we're a little off on that one. I just think you owe it to the 10 people who listen to this podcast. There's 50 people. who okay. listen. Shout out to Webb Elliott. Thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he listens on 10 different phones. It's great. He just, he actually goes to the iPhone Apple store and just subscribes every single phone there. We're going to make it one day when Texas football is back. God, I hate that phrase. I can't believe I just said it. But when we are actually winning footballs again, football games again, and this podcast is killing it, Webb, Webb's going to get all the credit for listening all the way through. If Notre Dame makes it over Oklahoma State, now that I'm looking at it, I'm going to freak out. I'm sure you're going to freak out. I mean, I am. Well, I'm not going to. I'm going to freak out just on my own because this podcast can be done. But you know what I mean. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, Webb. You can have coffee in my house anytime, man. No, you man. can't. All right. <laughs> Happy well, Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to everyone orange. next week for the last episode of the year. Have a great Thanksgiving. Back when you were when you were my darling, I didn't mind lose a little sleep. I didn't mind to do a little Never meant that much to me. How do I find?